0: Awesome. Thank you. Rainbows end. I'll tell you what, you guys can have it. (laughs) (laughs) Ian and I are much too mature for that sort of carry on. We're too valuable. valuable, That's right. I've never been good with rides like that. Uh, Yeah, much to my wife's disappointment. Yeah, she loves it. Um, Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you so much that we are able to gather here, Father. We just thank you so much that it's by your Spirit that we achieve taking ground for your kingdom, Father. Lord, we just pray that the light would continue to shine and fight back the darkness, Father, in each of us, Lord. I just pray that you are with us each day. I know you are, but I pray that we're more and more open and more and more receptive to your presence, Father. Lord, I pray that every heart in here is expectant. Every heart in here is soft. Every every heart in here is good soil for seed to be sown this morning, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And all the saints said, amen, amen. Amen. Man, it is so good to be in the house with the family of Christ, isn't it? Isn't it awesome to be in the house of God this morning? I'll tell you what, why worship is such an awesome, awesome subject that's so close to my heart. And you might think, yeah, that's obvious, worship director worship, you know, yeah, of course he's going to speak on this, um, but I tell you what i wasn't always um where I worship it to be now um, and and the blessing of worship uh, and the reason why I worship has been a revelation that I've gained uh, over the over the last few years and um i'm so, I'm so passionate about this i really I really want you guys to take something from this today um, we've had some great great sermons on this already. Pastor Paul opened up for the first one, and he, he spoke about lips that worship God and a life that worships God. And I just, I, I want my life to be the most beautiful worship song. You know, I, I want my life to just resonate with heavenly worship. And, and we do that by, you know, we, we, we have the Salty and Lit series earlier this year, and we do that by being the salt and the light. We do that by living in a way that, that. Um, that is, is uh, befitting of the gospel, you know? And, um, and I, just, I just love that it's not us that have to actually whip ourselves into shape to do that, but it's simply stepping into God's presence, worshiping Him, putting Him in His rightful place, that is what transforms us into a life that worships Him. You know, His whole creation worships Him. If you don't worship Him, the rocks will cry out that's what the Word says. You know, His whole creation is worshiping. When we worship God, when we worship the Father, we're simply singing along with what is already resonating around us. Um, Ian came up with another message um, talking about how it is a privilege to be invited into the presence of God and worship Him. And as we worship God, we magnify Him. Now, He doesn't get any bigger or any smaller. God's always been the same. But He gets bigger in our eyes, and everything else fades to the background. And uh, I love that imagery. And we were actually, um, and, and God is enthroned on our praises. See, when we worship God, we are, we are putting Him in His rightful place of authority in our lives and in our area. And as we worship Him, He is enthroned on those praises. And His authority is then empowered in wherever we are, whatever sphere of influence we're in there's a very tangible spiritual tie there. Um, Pastor Wayne Huirua, a great mentor for myself and my wife, a great worship leader in this country, he came up with a message, hard act to follow, I tell you what. But um, he painted a picture of heavenly worship as it's revealed to John in Revelation 4 and 5, and, and he said it is God's nature, it's His very nature to be worshipped. It's impossible to be in the presence of God and not worship Him because that is His nature. And what's more, you and I are created to worship. We're created to worship. It's our natural state in Christ. And there's nothing more beautiful than when, I mean, I know that there's, there's guys out there that can relate to this. There's nothing more beautiful than a tool that is being used for its correct purpose. Have you ever, the, the worst for me is Phillips screwdrivers. I don't know how many of you people have struggled, like me, with Phillips screwdrivers, trying, you you know, you go to tighten something up and you look and you go, oh yeah, that's a Phillips head. Yeah, there's, there's millions of different sizes of Phillips screwdrivers, and uh, I don't want to lose too many people here, but, but when you're using the wrong Phillips head for a screw, it just goes round and round, it destroys the screw, it destroys the screwdriver, it's not fit for the purpose. I feel like sometimes as, as we're worshipping the wrong things, as we're, as we're lifting the wrong things up, if we're using ourselves as the wrong tool for the wrong worship, it can be damaging, and it can damage whatever we're putting our hand to. But I tell you what, when you get that, just that's that right, square drive's the best, though really. Yeah, square drive's the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you get that right tool for that right job and it go, and, and the tool comes away unscarred, the screw goes in perfectly. You can unscrew it, screw it back in a hundred times. It's fine because we're using the right tool for the right job. You are made for worship. You are made for worship, not just any worship, but worshiping our God, not worshiping anything else, but our God. And I think you will find that as you do that, your life will be undamaged, unmarred, because you are fit for purpose. You are fit for purpose. I remember there was this one time, I'm a surveyor by trade, and one of the things that I do as a surveyor is is I go out and I put boundary pegs in the ground. Now, we have a very specific tool for this. It's called a peg bar. It's a long piece of steel with a big weight on the bottom of it, and you basically drive the peg in just vertically like this. In Australia, they haven't quite caught up. They still use a sledgehammer, um, but here... We're, we're much more advanced in technology, and, um, and we have a long bit of steel with a weight on the end, much more accurate, and it's brilliant. It's, it, it's about the only thing this tool is good for, but it's brilliant at it. You know, one day I went out in the field when I was working down in Christchurch in a place called Rolleston. Now, Rolleston's a place full of rocks and hard ground, and I went out in the field, miles away from the office, and I forgot the peg bar. And I, <laughs> and I had to put this boundary peg in the ground, and all I, I didn't even have a hammer. I was behind the Australians even, and, I, and I, I, I had this peg, and all I had was more pegs, so I was trying to bash this boundary peg into the ground with another boundary peg, and as I did that, the top of the peg just splintered, it fell apart, it looked horrible, it, it got in the ground, it did the job, but it just did not look good. So I'm just driving home that point, the right tool for the right job. And I'm telling you right now, you were crafted to worship the God Almighty, the God Most High. And I'm telling you, your state, your natural state is to worship. And if you would just step out and do that on a Sunday morning. I know I've said it so many times before, but this area up here, this is not tapu, and it's not just for my kids to come up and dance around down <laughs> here, and um, you're not going to get told off. If you come up the front here during worship and lift your hands high and lift your voice to God, it's, it's what's called, if you don't feel like it, it's what's called a sacrifice of praise. You know, when Wayne said this beautifully last week, he said, you know, we used to bring a cow, you know, and if you turned up to the, to the priest um, with, a, with your sacrifice and um, well to, to, to give your sacrifice to God to enter into his presence and you turn up and the priest said well where's your cow and you said oh no it's not really my personality to bring a cow it's not really me you know all these other people bring cows I'm but unique I don't bring cow the priest would just say go home and get your cow that's what God's asked for he hasn't asked for your feelings He hasn't asked for your personality right here. He's asked for a sacrifice of praise. Praise God, we don't have to make that blood sacrifice anymore because there was one blood sacrifice that was made that ended them all and covered us completely and made us righteous and enabled us to step into that throne room boldly. And all it says in the Word is to offer a sacrifice of praise. Just lift your hands, just raise your voice. It says we enter His courts and enter His gates with thanksgiving and praise, you know? And we often go to, go to God with our shopping list of problems when, when all we w- really need to do is just step in with that sacrifice of praise. And I tell you what, praise will be answered as a byproduct. Your life will be blessed as a byproduct. <laughs> yeah. So that sacrifice of praise, I'm not just making it up. It's written in the Word of God. So this scripture, Hebrews 13 verse 15 through Jesus therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise the fruit of lips that openly profess his name and the word sacrifice there suggests that it's something that you might not want to do sometimes it's something that you you're giving you're offering over it's easy for us to actually some of us to actually raise our hands in the worship. You know, traditionally, we've, we seem to have built this praise and worship set out of two praise songs, two worship songs, or two fast songs, two slow songs. And we always feel like the slow songs we just connect emotionally with, you know. And it's, it's easy for us to lift our hands in those times and those slow, melancholy songs and feel like we're really receiving from God. But I, w- I tell you, if you, if you unlock you unlock the presence of God with those first two praise songs, where you really offer that sacrifice, where you don't feel like it. And you, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling you how to worship. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a passion, there's, there's a passion for God that, that we need to express, that we need to sacrifice of praise there to just unlock God's presence in our life. I'm telling if you, if you feel like you're you're wanting, if you feel like you're less than, if you feel if you feel like you're you're not worthy. I mean, God's done all that. He's sorted it all out. And all he's saying is you just unlock this with that praise at the beginning. I mean, oh, I'm so passionate about this. David David had it. King King um, King David had it through and through. And I tell you what, you know, he did moan, and there's no, <laughs> there is actually nothing wrong with um with with feeling, you know, with feeling sadness, if with being down every now and then. That's a completely natural thing. And David, you know, he had some mood swings. And we see in the Psalms, he, um, in Psalm 42.5, he, he, he does have some mood swings, but he recognizes the Spirit's authority over the soul. So what, what gets your emotions up and down is your soul, right? That's your, that's your, your mind, your will, your emotions and they have their part to play in your life, and, but, but we're not meant to be ruled by this. We have authority over them, all right? In Christ, He has authority over them. And I'm telling you, I'm not, don't be in denial of what's going on in your life, but instead, just get the right perspective of just how big your life is in comparison to an almighty God who set a plan for you to step into His presence and enjoy that relationship. So here in Psalm 42, 5, we see David. He's hit a low point. And he's saying, he's talking to his soul. He's talking directly to his emotions. And he's saying, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. He's talking to himself. He's talking to his soul. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Put him in his rightful place. Put him in his rightful place. See, we need to worship as a first response. We need to worship as a first response. We don't worship as a reaction of gratitude to answered prayer. We can, and we do. We give God the glory when things like that happen, but we worship as a first response, all right? Because that's what sets the perspective right. I love what Ian shared at that old hymn, and how when we set our eyes on Jesus, the things of this world grow strangely dim, See, when, when, when we're encountering an issue, when we're encountering a roadblock or a stronghold, it's praise that smashes that stronghold. It's worship that loosens those chains. And we see that in the Word as well. In Isaiah 62 and 3, worship will bring calm, praise will bring calm in the storm. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, Because why? Because they trust in you. Praise is an awesome statement of faith. And when we're in the storm, just like Jesus when He was in the boat, you know, the peace that transcends all understanding is the peace that comes to you in the storm, during the storm. See, the world teaches peace, that peace is only there in the absence of struggle, We just need to get through this struggle, we need to win this war, we need to calm this, we go on peacekeeping missions to calm things down, to get rid of the struggle to establish peace. That's the way the world works. Amen? But this peace that comes from our Lord, this peace that comes from, in Philippians 4, 4, 6 and 7. It talks about, sorry, I didn't prepare the scripture, but Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It talks about offering everything to Him, and not being anxious of anything, but offering all things to Him in supplication and prayer. And the peace that transcends all understanding will come to you, will enter your heart. It doesn't say, and your struggles will disappear. And we see that when Jesus is in the boat with His disciples and a storm rages, and He's just sleeping in the boat. Who sleeps in a boat during the storm? Jesus does. Why? Because he has a peace that transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense when something's raising around you for you to just be calm. It's like like, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they're thrown, they've got the furnace in front of them, in front of King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, bow down to my idol and worship it or I'm throwing you in this furnace. And they said, our Lord God can save us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to do what you tell us to do, we're going to follow our Lord. And sure enough, they were thrown into the furnace, and you know what King Nebuchadnezzar saw in the furnace? Not three men, but four, and one of them looked like the Son of Man. Now that man, he didn't take them out of the furnace, he didn't take them out of the fire, they were still in the fire, but they were hanging with Jesus. And when they did come out, they didn't smell like smoke. They didn't smell burnt. They came out unscathed and untouched. And that, my friends, is the peace that transcends all understanding. It's the calm in the storm. And how do, we, how do we get onto that? Praise and worship. Why worship? Because it's our nature to do so. Why worship? Because it's His nature to be worshipped. Why worship? Because that is the only thing, that is the source, that is how you're going to to actually walk through life as a child of God, in the inheritance of Christ. This is what unlocks it. I'm telling you, I'm encouraging you right now, even if it feels like you don't want to. Now, I spoke before about when, when there are strongholds in your life, when something's you just can't shake it when you've been shackled unfairly, or you, or you feel like you're you're in the wrong place. A first response of praise and worship is what loosens the chains and breaks the stronghold. I just want to read for you some scripture out of Acts sixteen. Now, this is Paul, the Apostle Paul, and Silas, and, and this is this is shortly after um, they were they were travelling. And there was this woman who was, um, she was possessed by this demon. And she kept following them around and shouting out, these people, these, these people are showing you the way, they, they, you know. And, and, and she's actually not shouting out anything particularly bad, but it, it seems like she got quite irritating and quite overt. And Paul got fed up and he turned around and he rebuked the spirit and cast it out of her. But this woman was actually a, she was a fortune teller for some businessmen. And the businessmen uh, felt that once the spirit was thrown out of her, they, they lost their revenue. So they found a um, they found a way to get the authorities to throw Paul and Silas in jail because of this. They'd done it. they done a good thing, but they'd robbed these people of their fortune. So it's un, unfair that the, these guys are thrown and shackled in prison. So this guy is uh, the the prison the prison guard they've handed them over to the jailer, so we we find them here in Acts 16.23. So, after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stocks. So, it sounds like they're in maximum security there. For what? For doing a good thing, unfairly um, imprisoned. And I feel like, Sometimes in our life we can feel unfairly imprisoned, unfairly shackled. We have strongholds around us. We have shackles binding our feet. And this is how Paul and Silas reacted. This was their first response. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God in the maximum security. And here's and here's the blessing about it. Here's just because God never works in just one way. He's always got multiple blessings that will come out of any situation. And Romans 8, 28 tells us that he'll turn all things for the good of those who love him, for those who are the called according to his purpose. And if you're in this place right now, you have been called according to his purpose. Um, Paul shared this morning, since before the beginning of time, he knew you by name. He knit you in your, in your mother's womb, and he knows you. And if you don't know him, he's just desperately waiting for you to get to know him. Because he has a plan and a calling for you. And if you would, if you would walk out in that, you would be a tool that fits the right the right screw, and your life would be blessed. And not just your life, as we find here in the Scripture. Um, They were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. So, you're not the only one shackled. Your family, there's people around you, there's people in your spheres of influence, where you are, that need light in their life. And you're called not only to save yourself, in fact, you're not called to save anyone, Christ came and did it already. You're called to shed the light, share the good news, and do this. Pray and sing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Other people are going to see the testimony of Christ in your life. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all of the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. praise and worship are what will loosen not just your chains but as you as you live the life of a worshipper your family, your friends, your workmates, even other Christians in in your church around you if if I, if I'm in this room with a room full of worshipers I will be blessed I'm excited to be in a house of worshipers, because I know that this is where chains are broken. This is where strongholds are smashed, and this is where a river of life is flowing. This is where the Spirit is dwelling and moving. So I'm telling you, if you would pray and sing hymns to God, freedom would come to not just yourself, but those around you. But here's the real beautiful part. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, and he was about to kill himself because he had thought the prisoners had escaped, and they could have, at that point, they could have just left, but praise God, Paul understood, Paul and Silas understood, that God's plan is bigger than just their immediate salvation. But Paul shouted out, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas, your praise and worship will establish authority. Your praise and worship will establish authority. This jailer, jailer had all the keys. They were locked up. He was the master of them. And in a single moment of prayer and hymns, praise and worship to the God Almighty, he was enthroned on the praises of Paul and Silas. His authority was established in that prison, and there was a flip, because nothing, nothing can stand against that authority. And here we find the jailer on his knees, trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out, and he asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? He asked them, the jailer, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. Not just you, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds, and immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. That jailer didn't know what was coming that morning when he woke up for work. I'm telling you, you didn't know what was going to happen this morning when you woke up to come to church. Like what Harmony said uh, during, the, during the praise and worship, you guys have come here. Well done, you could have been anywhere else. You chose to be here this morning. This is the first part of a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. And if you would come with an expectant heart, and if you would come willing to offer that sacrifice of praise, I had to learn this, and, uh, and it's so key to my walk now, that whenever I hit any, any sort of roadblock or stumbling block, my first reaction, my first response is to praise God. And I've got I, I encourage you, get a few go-to songs on your playlist. And like for me, um Oh actually, I just want to do something a bit different. I would like to ask all of you to stand to your feet right now. And you know, we sometimes we think and, and here we love it, we've got a spirit of excellence, we've got um we've got an amazing sound set up here. We've got amazing musicians in the house, um, and we are blessed. We are blessed to be able to gather and worship with all this, but you don't need all this to worship. You don't need to even sing in tune. I'm going to sing a song, and I'm going to sing it around once, and I would love for you guys to join me, and as you sing this song, I want you to picture your strongholds. I want you to picture what is shackling you, And I want you to see God get bigger in your eyes, and I want you to see them get much, much smaller. And I encourage you to step into His presence this morning.
1: To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live, I live. To worship you. Join me to worship you. I live to worship you. I live, I live to worship you. To worship you. I live to worship you. I live, I live to worship you. To worship you. I live to worship Once more, let everything get dim. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship
0: you. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Right now as we have this attitude of worship, this attitude of having God at the forefront of our vision, I just want to encourage you right now. If you feel He is not at the forefront of your life, if you've never truly known Him, and never truly taking taking him in as your Lord and your Savior. Right now in this time, now's the moment to be bold. Now is the moment to receive him this morning. I feel there are people in the house that are just, you know, you have been. There's it's it's not my personality to lift my hands or give a shout of praise, but I tell you what, if you would just offer that sacrifice of praise to him this morning. That there would be some there would be some chains that are unlocked in your life. Some massive chains that are just smashed under the power of God. But it would be my absolute honor this morning that if you do not know the Lord, that if you have not received Him into your heart as your Lord and Savior, that you would allow me in this moment to just lead you in a prayer that would invite him into your life. Because what Jesus did is he actually went to the cross. He came down fully God, became fully man, carried all of our separation from God, all of our sin, everything that kept us from the goodness of God and from his presence. And he took it to the cross. And there at the cross through his death, that was all sent to the grave. It was all sent to the grave. But the good news was He rose again three days later. And as He rose, we rise with Him. New creations. New creations able to step boldly into the throne room of God, made righteous by His blood. Your righteousness does not come from your personality. It does not come from your feelings. It does not come even from how you worship and how you praise. It does not come from how you pray. It does not come from how good you live your life. Your righteousness has simply come from the obedience of one man, Jesus Christ. And this morning, you can enjoy that righteousness if you would allow Him into your heart.